You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 12th, 2018. My name is Phil Prosperike. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy to be back with you here on this wonderful Friday, end of the week. Hope you had a great week. Uh, holiday weekend, right? Most of us get Martin Luther King Day. I get Martin Luther King Day. I'm going to still have a podcast Monday, but I may take Tuesday off. We'll do some uh, show planning a little bit later on today. Of course, I'll have my regular Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live on uh, Sunday at noon is still the plan for that. I'm not going to make everyone come in on their holiday for that. We'll get you in just before the Jaguars play at one. And speaking of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I would be remiss if I did not Give a shout-out and some love to our pals over at Locked On Jaguars. It's been a long time since the Jacksonville Jaguars have been in the playoffs. It's been a longer time since they won. Actually, it was the same amount of time because they won the playoff game that year. But it's been a long time for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I am thrilled for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you should be too. If you're interested in learning more and getting up to speed when it comes to their game against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday, you should be following and listening to Locked on Jaguars every single day. You can subscribe to that podcast on iTunes, just like you could subscribe to Locked on Magic. Be sure to do that. And if you aren't already, be sure to follow me on Twitter as well, at R underscore OMD. Uh, get that stuff out of the way. On today's show, we're going to talk all about the Magic's game against the Washington Wizards. They'll play the Wizards Friday at 7, so I'll quickly preview that game. Uh, I'm going to d- dive into the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag. I did. I answered some of your questions in the Facebook Live on Monday. I'll answer a, f- a couple questions from the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag as well. Share the link uh, on today's episode. And I am going to do my best. Today is a no-negative day. Yes, the Magic have lost 25 of their last 29 games. Yes, the Magic are only a half game ahead of the Hawks with the second worst record in the league. But as I did at the end of Wednesday's game, we're going to hashtag say nice things about the Magic. So I have something nice to say to end this work week. But let's start with the task at hand. The Orlando Magic take on the Washington Wizards over at the Capital One Arena, not the Verizon Center anymore. Uh, I gave you that love, Verizon, so give, give me some love back. Over at the Capital One Arena in our nation's capital, um, it, it's 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 you know obviously another road game, another another opportunity for the Magic. Uh, you know we'll see what lessons they've learned, we'll see what they can pull together. But as I've said time and time again, as I've, as as I've analyzed and, and tried to preview these games, it's more about what the Magic do and less about what the opponent does uh, with this team. I mean we're at we're at this point where you got to just worry about what the Magic are going to give you every night more than you're going to worry about what you're going to have to do to counter what the opponent's doing. And and that's just the reality of where the Magic are at. They've got to play with energy. They've got to execute. They've got to cut hard. They've got to screen hard. They've got to do all those things. They've got to play together. They've got to pass. All those things. They can't skip any of those steps if they want to win this game. And Washington is, while they're not as good as everyone perhaps thought they'd be, is still a very good team. At 23-18, they are fifth in the Eastern Conference coming off of a disappointing loss to the Utah Jazz, 107-104. to Washington has now hit their halfway point in the season. The Magic just passed it on Tuesday. We'll, uh, on the Facebook Live on Sunday, we'll do our midseason review. I'll, I'll name my second quarter MVP, as well as uh, ask my five, at least a couple questions that I have for the next 20 or so games of the season. But the Wizards 
enter the midway point of the season, admittedly very disappointed. Uh, you know, I was running through my magic, getting my magic wands ready tonight, uh, reading up on the Wizards and and how they're doing, and 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 Candace Buckner of the Washington Post, one of the one of the very best reporters, uh, beat reporters in the game, in my opinion, uh, had a really good story on the Wizards kind of vowing to be different, but ending up very much the same. This is a team that kind of, it, 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 they are playing fine. They're in the playoff hunt. They're, they're, they're right kind of where they want to be, but not where they want to be at the same time, or not how they want to be there at the very least. This is a Wizards team that I think expected to compete for a top spot in the Eastern Conference that felt they were ready to take that next step. John Wall and Bradley Beal are two of the best guards in the league. It felt like that they were ready to take another leap, and Otto Porter was coming, and Kelly Oubre has played well, and and they've gotten a lot of really good contributions from a lot of key players, but at the same time, Washington hasn't been able to get over that hump. They haven't been able to to kind of blossom, if you will, uh, in the way that everyone hoped. Looking at their statistical profile, the Wizards rank... Uh, rank 11th in offensive rating at 106.3, and they rank 8th in defensive rating at 104.0. That would suggest that they are a pretty good team, and a team that probably should be playing much better than they are. Net rating of plus 2.4 puts them 7th in the league, and again, that's an indi- that's more of an indicator of how good a team might really be. So obviously, you got John Wall, who puts a lot of pressure on your defense with his blazing speed. You got Bradley Beal with his shooting, Otto Porter with his shooting. Gortat is still a great defender. Um, their bench is a little thin, uh, as we saw in in the game uh, in December when Nikola Vucevic got hurt. Their bench is a little thin. They don't have the scoring coming off the bench. They they do rely pretty heavily on their key guys. Kelly Oubre has been nice coming off the bench for them, but not maybe not a guy you want to put the ball in his hands too much, but. Washington plays very much like the 500 team. And, and you might remember back back in that mystical time when the Magic were playing well. Uh, and it looked like they were just getting ready to fall turners before the long losing streak. And I was saying, like, look, this is what 500 teams do. They don't always seem to have it every single night. You see the glimpses of, oh, this team could be really good if they ever get it together. And then you see some glimpses of this team just, why can't they be consistent? 500 teams are consistent in their inconsistency, and that's how I would describe this Washington Wizards team at the moment. They are consistent in their inconsistency. They should be much better than they are. They certainly should be playing much better than they are, and they have the talent to play much better than they are. But they kind of just aren't right now. And maybe that's an opportunity for Orlando to sneak in. Maybe. Washington seems a little peeved with their loss to Utah, and so that's going to be a tougher order because I think Washington's going to be very focused, and obviously a loss to the Magic at this point is a bad loss for any team hoping to make the playoffs. So Orlando will definitely have its work cut out for it. They've got to play with the same anger, desperation, and intensity that I'm sure Washington will play with. And like I said, it's not about what the Wizards do. This is about what the Magic do. This is about the Magic playing at a higher level, a level that they are just not playing at right now. And if they can do that, if they can play at that higher level, then they have a chance at this thing. But 
again, the margin for error for this Magic team is very, very small. Right now, Evan Fournier is still seemingly getting himself back into shape. Aaron Gordon's got to play a little bit less selfishly or a little more unselfishly. And, uh, you know, I, again, I think some of it's Aaron just, just figuring himself out, and you're going to go through those growing pains this season with him. Um, but they got to move the ball. They got to play with intensity. They got to play with heart. Right now, their bench is playing than, playing better than their starting lineup. They got to come out of the locker room ready to go. Um, all those little things that it takes to win that the Magic just aren't doing right now. And once the Magic start doing those things, then we can start talking a, a little bit more seriously about the opponent that they're that they're playing. But like I said, I want to take today to say something nice about the Magic. There's been a lot of doom and gloom with, with the team. And, you know, I, I think some people maybe get a little tired sometimes of me being so sunny when things are bad. And, 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 and I'm certainly here to say, yes, things are very, very bad. I am the dog sitting in the fire saying, this is fine. Because that's what today's episode is about. We're going to be that dog sitting in the fire saying, this is fine. All of this, of course, comes in the context that, yeah, the, the, the house is on fire right now. Things are not going well. And it's easy, and my it's very easy, and, and, and I won't blame anyone for giving into the frustration you know, and, and not wanting to see anything good going on on the court. Everything is bad. Burn it. Trash it all. I named one of my episodes this week Trash. I literally crumpled up a piece of paper on the air and threw it away. I made that shot, by the way. You don't know that. So I could be lying, but I'm not. I made it. Um, but I'm an optimist. And as some of you know, it takes a lot for me to get into that pessimistic mind frame as I did on, on, Wednesday, on Wednesday's episode. And to some extent, yesterday's episode. Although yesterday's episode was, 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 was a bright, was kind of an uplifting thought. Or at least a hopeful thought. That's, that's what I try to do here. So I am an optimist. Maybe naively so. And I do look for the good things to hold on to. When I'm on OrlandoMagicDaily.com writing my grades posts, I fully admit I try to pick two players who did something good with every grades post. In every loss, I try to find two guys who did something good and highlight something good that happened in the game. Because as, as every NBA player says, you're never as bad as you are on your worst day and you're never as good as you think you are on your best day. And I'm an 82-game season person, so I... I don't take individual games as signs of anything. You look at the patterns that develop. And there has been one pattern that has developed this year that I think should provide us some optimism for the future. And it was something that Frank Vogel pointed out uh, last week when the Magic were preparing to play the Houston Rockets. He said that when you look at the team, there are young players who have shown improvement. There are young players who have taken their games up another level in some way. And that has been a good sign for the Magic. 
The most obvious one is Aaron Gordon, of course. He's, he's averaging up around 19 points per game. Three-point shooting is at a career high. He's, he's having a career year. He went from a guy who no one was sure was a starter full-time. We're pretty sure he was. But he needed to prove it this year. And we're now at the point where we're ready to build a team around him to, to emphasize and accentuate his skills. Where, I, you know, again, my positive thinking here, I think a core of Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and whoever the Magic pick in this upcoming draft is a great place to start. So, Aaron Gordon's an obvious one. He's obviously taken a step up in his game. He's obviously improved his skills and, and still has a long way to go, as I said on yesterday's podcast. But you look at some other, another obvious player that's played really well is Mario Azonia. Some of it is just getting minutes. But clearly, Hisonia has matured a little bit as a player, too. You know, he's averaging career highs across pretty much across the board. His three-point shooting percentage isn't great, but in this recent stretch where he's gotten consistent minutes again, he's shooting up around 40% from the three-point line. And so, that you know, I, while I don't think he will ever be fifth overall pick Mario Hisonia, I don't think he's that player. I think that there are still a lot of flaws in his game that he will have to continue working on if he wants to stay in the NBA. But I think we've reached a point where we've got role player Mario Azonia. And role player Mario Azonia is all the Magic ever needed this year. They didn't need fifth overall pick Mario Azonia trying to force action and turning the ball over and, you know, thinking he's a superstar. They needed a guy who will come in, make open three-pointers, attack when the defense rotates to him, and make the right pass. And at least for the last month, more often than not, he has done that. Frank Vogel has talked a lot about the game slowing down for young players. And at long last, it looks like the game has slowed down a lot for Mario Azonia. And it's unfortunate that the Magic declined his team option because I think that they would do that over at this point. I thought it was a bad decision at the time, and this is exactly why. But good on Mario for playing himself into the NBA again. Someone will give him the chance. Even if he has to fight through Summer League, someone will give him the chance. Because he's earned it this year. I mean, legitimately, we are talking about the Magic starting Mario Azonia over Jonathan Simmons and thinking that that is a good decision. And I think it is a good decision. I think that's something the Magic should do. So Mario Azonia's growth has been fantastic to watch. It's, it's little. It's not the big growth that you want from a guy you drafted fifth overall. But just just carving out a role in the NBA is a huge step for him because he was, he was nearly unplayable last year. Let's be perfectly real. And the final guy that I want to highlight is Evan Fournier. While he's often criticized by Magic fans and might be on his way out just to make more room for Aaron Gordon, Fournier has stepped up his game this year. He's averaging a career high. He's increased his scoring average again. But more importantly, you know, even, even with these last three games where he struggled from the floor, Fournier has increased his efficiency once again. He's back at the levels that he was at two years ago when he essentially up, up and up, uh, unseated Victor Oladipo. Fournier this year is shooting 39.6% from beyond the arc, 
back where he was two years ago. And as a 54% effective field goal percentage, the, the second best of his career again, back to where he was in 2016. Is Fournier a perfect player? No, absolutely not. He shouldn't be the guy that you rely on as your primary scorer. And his defense is definitely a work in progress. But seeing him get back to this efficiency, whether it's a matter of scheme, a matter of support from other players, or whatever, a matter of spacing, seeing Fournier return to efficiency was is a really good sign. Now, the thing you probably notice is, yeah, Phil, that's great that these three players have gotten better, and you could point to individual improvements with Alfred Payton in some places and Nikola Vucevic in some places, but the team's still losing. And yeah, that is the problem with all of this. Orlando has seen the internal improvement that they needed to see. They have seen guys get better. But it has not meshed at all. It has not come together and helped the team win. Maybe it's because they haven't gotten the improvement they needed from some other places. Certainly, the injuries have played a role. Terrence Ross is a nice supporting piece that the Magic have really missed. Jonathan Isaac's obviously a nice supporting piece the Magic have missed. Aaron Afalo is almost fallen off a cliff with his offense this year. So, individual improvement is not just the answer. Like, we all know the team needs to fit together. And in some respects, maybe players are trying out their new toys a little too much and not working together offensively the way they need to. And perhaps their defense never was good enough to begin with. Those are all legitimate things to think about and to ask and say, so what? On top of that, all three of the players I mentioned are different phases of their careers. Aaron Gordon is about to sign a pretty lucrative extension and get pegged as this team's star of the future. Mario Zonia is about to become an unrestricted free agent. And Evan Fournier is likely on the trade block, a young veteran still trying to make his hay in the league, at least as a winner. So all these players are different spots in their careers. And their future with the Magic isn't certain. And as we all know at this point, everything is about the future. Every decision the Magic will make is about the long-term gains that it will bring the franchise. And so, these individual improvements are nice. They are signs that maybe something is working behind the scenes, at least on the individual level. But the question now becomes, how do you make it benefit the team? And that is the million-dollar question. All right, I'm going to close out today's podcast and close out the week with a quick dig into the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag. I published the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag up on Monday uh, and, and, and answered a bunch of your questions about the Orlando Magic. So I hope you enjoy it. I'll share the link up on at Locked on Magic as well as on the Locked on Magic Facebook page. So be sure to check it out there if you have not already read it before. But I'll get to some of your questions here. Um, a lot of questions about the draft. So yeah, let's talk some draft because I'm, I'm in a good mood. We're, we're, we're talking, we're saying nice things about the Orlando Magic today. So let's talk about the draft. Michael Clark asked me, the mock drafts aren't deep at any position. This means taking best player available may be the only option. 
I'm not a fan of building teams this way as it makes it difficult to develop a strategy for free agency and trades. What direction do you see us going? And Romp Bass, 1999, also asked, which 2018 draft prospect do you think would suit the Magic best, and which one do you think Jeff Weltman and John Hammond like? Uh, you know, the Magic are probably going to be picking with a top five pick this year. That's, let, let, uh, let's ignore the lottery for just a moment. Let's just assume the Magic lands somewhere in the top five. In my opinion, there are six very, very good players in this NBA draft. Two of them, I think, have separated themselves from everyone else. But there are six players that if you draft one of those six players, I will be just okay. I will be perfectly content and say, we've got a very good player in the fold right now. Having said that, uh, I am a big proponent of when you're drafting this high, you draft the best player available, whoever you think it is, uh, because you need everything. I mean... I think that the Magic are in a little bit of a different situation than the typical top overall team where the Magic do have, I think, two core pieces already established that they don't want to bump into. Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac are this team's future. They are the two most important players on this team, uh, and I think they're the two players that the Magic plan to build around. To me, that means you cannot take a three or four. You don't want another forward, another wing player, and, you know, I know a lot of people are really high on Michael Porter Jr., although he's out this, this entire basketball season with a back injury. I think that means you pass on a player like Michael Porter Jr. I also think that probably means you pass on a player like Marvin Bagley, who I don't think is a center at the NBA level. So, I, I with that one caveat, with that one condition, I don't think you draft another forward. I think you still take the best player available, no matter who that is. If it's Luka Doncic, who is kind of a 2-3, so maybe he falls into that. I, I think Luka Doncic is far and away the best player in this draft. You take Luka Doncic if you think he's the best player. You take DeAndre Ayton if you think he's the best player. Take Muhammad Bamba if you think he's the best player. You take Trey Young if you think he's the best player. That high in the draft, you take the best player in the draft. Now, having said that, um, I, 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 I have my list, my, you know, my top six, or I actually posted my top 10 on Twitter last night over at, at Philip R underscore OMD. If you want to dig through my mentions and find it, but essentially I, I think, like I said, I think Donkic is the best player in this draft followed by Aiden. I think they're clearing away the two best players in the draft after him. I think I have Bagley followed by young, followed by Porter, then Bamba. Uh, and then that is, I think that's my six. And then I have, a. Uh, 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 J, uh, Jones from uh, Michigan State, as well as uh, um, I'm blanking on the name now. Mikel Mikel Bridges, not Miles Bridges. Mikel Bridges from Villanova, uh, just outside that group. So, like I said, there's a definite six. I think the Magic will be in that definite six. So, I think they're going to get a very good player, no matter where they land in this draft. Um, so, I'm not so concerned about the player they will get. I think they will get a very good player in this draft. As far as who I think Weltman and Hammond like, it's hard not to look at Mohamed Bamba, uh, Mobamba, and and say that's a guy that the Magic would like. Dude, the guy is I think he's listed at six ten, got ar- got arms that go forever. I mean, he's like he's Rudy Gobert in the college level right now. He's got a rudimentary offensive game, but it does look like it has a little more polish than people might give it credit for, and that it could grow from there. So I think that. Um, 
I think that the Magic have plenty of really good options. Um, I, I think that this is a really good draft for them. Uh, they will be able to get a player of need, whether it's a center in an Aiden or a Bamba, or a point guard in a Young, or, you know, Sexton's fallen like a rock, but he would be in there. Um, or they could go after uh, another big, like a, a Jones, or, you know, see what see what happens, or take another wing and just, just you know, pun intended, wing it and figure it out from there. So I think that there are a lot of options for this Magic team, so I do like the opportunities there are. This is a draft full of bigs, but so let me make that clear. This is a draft full of bigs. Um, so there, so you're going to be dealing with a lot of fives and fours. And while I think a lot of people are quick to say, "Oh, this is one of the best drafts since 2003," or one of the best drafts we've seen at the very top, I want to hit the pause button on that. I tend, when it comes to drafts, I tend to undersell the draft. Um, the top of this draft has six very good players. But I don't consider any player in this draft franchise-changing. Um, not in the runaway sense that, say, a LeBron James or Kevin Durant or or who are one of those players are. I don't see that super-duper star player. Certainly some guys could develop into that. But I don't think there's a 100% runaway, this is clearly who you're playing for this year. I've, every single player that I've talked about has flaws, has serious flaws that you're going to have to develop and code over, especially early on in their career. So uh, it's it's definitely an interesting draft, um, definitely an interesting uh, place to be. Uh, Drew Chavez asked me, and this will be the last question I take here, how has the new front office done so far, and should the Magic make a push for the playoffs or tank? Obviously, the playoffs are kind of out of the question at this point. When it comes to tanking, um, I've, I've, I say this on Twitter all the time when people get upset with me for cheering on wins. Um... The team is bad. They will lose games. They don't need help losing games. But as I've said, and I've said this for five years, um, because I, when there are close losses, I take close losses very hard. And I, I hope the team does too. When you have the opportunity to win, you need to win. Tanking happens before the game. When general managers make decisions on personnel on personnel and rosters and how good they want the roster to be, when coaches make decisions on who to hold out and, and to some extent how to dole out minutes. But once the ball is tipped, you have an opportunity to win and the expectation should be that you will go out and win the game. And so when you have the opportunity to win games, you have to take advantage of it. That's how you learn how to win. When you look at how this team has played, it's not just that they're not good enough to win. I mean, we've had conversations over the last two, three years about just the simple will to compete. And that's not something that's born out of a single game or a single moment. That's something that's born out of years of frustration and years of losing. And so I... I I get the arguments, and I, I, I understand them. That, yeah, losing is ultimately beneficial to this team. But I don't buy it. I think that the Magic should absolutely be trying to win games. Frank Vogel is trying his best to win games. You can certainly argue about his decision-making and some of his rotations, and, and certainly we can argue that, and we should argue that. Again, that's a good sign. That's a good thing, because we, we're trying to win games. 
But you also come, you also also have to recognize the real, the, come to the realization that yeah, this team's probably not going to win very many games. But when you get those opportunities to win, you have to get those lessons. You have to learn those lessons. When you make a mistake one game, you need to correct it the next. This third quarter issue is frustrating. It's oh to me, it's okay that you lose. Just lose different ways every single night. I mean, it, with bad teams, with bad teams, you're like the 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 boy at the dam. You try to plug one hole, another hole pops open. You try to plug that hole, another one opens up, and you just can't plug all the holes. That's what a bad team is. But what you don't want to have happen is to have to plug the same hole over and over again. To just not even address the problem to begin with. And that's unfortunately what I think we're seeing with the Magic right now. And that is something much deeper. That is a problem that is much bigger than anything else. And so I'm just I'm just not a proponent of tanking. Because bad teams will lose. Bad teams are bad. And this Magic team's a bad team. It's learning the lessons and, and getting over them. That's that's the thing. As far as how the new front office is done, uh, I, I, it's really too early to judge. I've obviously been given a lot of resources to invest in the franchise, and I think we're seeing that. Um, the you know the article about Becky Bonner really uh, explained a lot of what that investment has been in the team. They're they're getting a new film room. They're you know sprucing up the Amway Center a little bit. It's a great facility um, that apparently wasn't being used to its fullest potential, but. You know, I think that the main goal for Jeff Weltman and John Hammond, when Jeff Weltman says, you know, we wanted to spend this year to evaluate, to me, that's talk of, I am so capped out, I literally cannot do anything. And I'm not going to make this problem worse. The biggest issue for the Magic right now is to create cap flexibility. I mean, this is a bad team. And I calculate them as having somewhere between 11 and 13 million dollars of cap room this year, this summer, and most of that has to, and all of that has to go to Aaron Gordon. So this is a bad team that doesn't have maneuverability to add new players in any meaningful way. They don't have players that a lot of teams want, you know, at least for meaningful players again. And that's kind of the curse of being a bad team; it perpetuates itself. And so I think Jeff Weltman was really smart over the summer. He spent wisely. He didn't give out any long-term deals. The Jonathan Simmons deal is still, I still think it's a steal, even with Simmons struggling a little bit right now. The Shelvin Mack deal, I thought the money was a little questionable, but it's one year guaranteed. Next year's non-guaranteed, so no big deal there. Letting the contract slip over one, one year wasn't the worst idea. I've told everyone that I've talked to, this is year zero. This is a new rebuild Slate's completely clean. And really what we're going to see from Weltman when we really need to start judging Weltman is with the deals that bring in long-term money, with the deals that ship guys out. Whether the, whether he is wet, ready to gamble on Aaron Gordon and whether that works out over the next four or five years. His draft picks are absolutely huge. And so the criticism about skipping out on the draft this year and trading the 25th pick, and trading the 32nd pick. Those are very fair criticisms of Weltman, and those were opportunities missed. I get that he wanted to have veterans on the team and, and didn't want so many young guys, especially guaranteed money. I would have kept Pesechniks. I think Pesechniks is, is not a bad player. You have to just wait on him. But it was certainly a missed opportunity for a team that just needed an influx of energy and talent. 
that they're missing right now. Yeah, it's great to have Aaron Aflalo back, but stick Kyle Kuzma in that role. Even if Kuzma doesn't become what he is with the Lakers, it's clear that he was that that the way he plays, he would have been something. Those are the players that you need right now, and the Magic don't have that energy, don't have those players. And so, you know, I think they they're doing fine. They're not in any trouble or anything. So, uh, I think this summer and especially next summer, summer of 2019, those are going to be the big summers for this new front office. They got to get this draft pick right, obviously, because uh, that's a core piece. I mean, you look at Hennigan's core, Oladipo, Gordon, Hazonia, speaks for itself. Weltman's core is going to be Gordon, Isaac, and whoever they draft next. Get that right, and then start bringing in the complementary pieces, and then we can really begin to evaluate what he's doing. It's just, it's just a little early. Like I said, I think we're in year zero of a rebuild. Probably a little closer than we think, but still pretty far away. Like I, I, I personally am very excited about this potential Gordon, Isaac, whoever uh, grouping. I think that that has a lot of potential. But we'll see. Of course, you can always drop me a line on Twitter at Locked On Magic or at Omagic Daily. The Orlando Magic Daily Mailback will be back a little bit closer to the trade deadline. I'll take your questions again uh, and answer them. Uh, you can always ask questions on the show today. I usually take questions live on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live, so be sure to tune in Sunday at noon at Facebook.com/slash Orlando Magic Daily for our Orlando our weekly Orlando Magic Daily Live. This weekend, I will be doing my mid-season review. I'll be talking about my mid-season MVP. I'm guessing you can guess who that is, as well as five questions I have for the second half of the season. So be sure to tune in for that. It should be a rip-roaring fun good time. That's going to do it for me today. The Orlando Magic take on the Washington Wizards at 7 o'clock over on Fox Sports Florida. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. Have a great weekend. I'll see you all Sunday at noon for the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. But for now, for Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you all again Sunday and or Monday and or Tuesday for the next episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.